We know you have a lot of choices when it comes to podcasts as you swing around New York, but thank you for choosing a Slice of Gaming podcast. This is Slice of Gaming podcast for October 20th, 2023, and we'd like to thank you for giving your slice of your time to a Slice of Gaming podcast. You can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Rest in Peace, and Audible. And be sure to follow us on a Slice of Gaming on Twitter. Uh, so let's get into this light news week with a couple introductions. Because we all, just like you, want to get back to Spider-Man and or Mario. Uh, so it's that wall-crawling menace, it's Wolf. Hey, what's up, guys? It's that masked vigilante, it's Fusion. Good evening, boys. And the hero of the Flower Kingdom, it's Dark. How's that going? Mario. And... Movie. I think that whoa, is whoa, it. Whoa, got... Wait, wait, wait. Are you already starting shit about Mario Fusion? I heard <laughs> no, 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 no. No, no, no. Already, it's too early in the that. podcast for this. Dude already's picking sides. Console Warrior over here. Uh, we'll get we'll get into our Console Warrior beef later on in the podcast. But for now, yeah, like, you transferred me already, Moon, right? Yeah, <laughs> We're I, going I into news. <laughs> okay. It's on to use now. Uh, get, get over. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, Moon said. Very, very light news week, obviously. People just want to play Spider-Man and Mario. No one cares about news. But we still do have some headlines. And unfortunately, we got to talk about Xbox. Ugh. <laughs> but, the console warrior? Uh, there was... Yeah, I'm the console warrior. Fuck yeah. Um, there was a big Xbox uh, interview with Phil Spencer uh, regarding the Microsoft Activision Blizzard King deal. Big, big deal. Finally ended last week, and now we're kind of in the ramifications. Hooray. <laughs> yeah, hooray. Uh, but we're in the ramifications, like seeing like what Xbox and Microsoft and Phil and the team are going to be able to do with Activision Blizzard King. There was a there were some highlights of this interview. Um, I will say, definitely, <laughs> it was definitely an Xbox podcast interview. I watched a bit of it, and you could tell it's like, oh, okay, this is a very PR podcast because they were talking about the hype video that they made when they made the acquisition. And one of the hosts was like, man, I almost cried when I watched it. It's like, the acquisition video? Really? <laughs> I, was a, I was a little flabbergasted there, but other than that, I mean... It's like, oh man, Microsoft spent so much money. It brings a tear to my eye. It's <laughs> so cool. But yeah, there was some interesting tidbits that Phil himself threw out there. Uh, the first big one here, uh, this comes from Okami Games over at Twitter. He kind of got a nice little bulleted list of the big uh, stuff. Um... Confirms no Activision Blizzard King games on Game Pass until 2024. I was going to immediately ask. Like, we all thought that uh, we would get the Activision Blizzard games to drop like the next day like of the deal closing, something like that. But it looks like we're not getting that until 2024. I mean, I'll ask the panel right now like how we feel about that. When you listen to what Phil said in response, that's why that's the case. It makes sense, especially compared to Bethesda. But they've been working on this, fighting the, pretty much fighting the government to get this deal done for so fucking long. They weren't even trying to set this up beforehand. Why, as with Bethesda, they were probably setting it up beforehand as how they were able to just pump everything out. But even then, like, it waiting to 2024 is around the corner, and they ain't even got shit besides, like, Diablo, and that game is dead right now, so everything else is old games. I just may want to spend $70 on Call of Duty again. So it I just don't have to not spend call spend seventy dollars on Call of Duty next year. Just 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 don't buy the game. <laughs> if, if I can't. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> You're already <laughs> stuck in they, the cycle. They have access yeah. to your bank account directly. <laughs> Even if you were, 
let's say that they set this up beforehand and they had like this big drop of games. Call of Duty wouldn't have been there regardless because of the Sony contract until next yeah. year. Well, all I'll say is this is fucking bullshit. Phil, you're a hack. You're a scammer. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. That is kind of expected. I was surprised when everyone was saying like we would get the games like day one. And everything yeah, I definitely, as as pass, it's like, come on. I definitely <laughs> got gaslit a little bit by people who are like, oh, there's going to be some game passes like wave one, like the weekend after. I don't know why I believed it, but like I didn't really think it through. So I don't know. Maybe I just wasn't paying attention. I just kind of believe, oh, yeah, cool. We're going to get like a small wave of games, right? There's like celebration that it went through. It's like, nope, nothing happened. People were talking about it's like, it's like, man, dude, Sony's fucked. You know, they got Spider-Man 2 coming out and like, Microsoft, they're gonna put Web of Shadows in like uh, you know, yeah. Edge of Time on Game Pass. It's like I don't know if that's a flex, y'all. <laughs> but it wasn't. It, it, this is kind of expected. I mean, this is a much bigger deal in comparison to the Bethesda acquisitions, and obviously it took a lot, lot longer. So it makes sense overall. Um, the next thing here is goal is 100% parity for COD, no exclusive skins or DLC. This is pretty much stuff that like we know, including this quote, we have no goals of somehow trying to use COD to get you to buy an Xbox console. I, I mean, like Phil, misleading. Phil very I'm much talked a, Phil, Phil very much talked a lot about this, like, you know, leading up to the deal, like, uh, the 10-year exclusivity deal, which didn't actually go through, but like it seems like they definitely want to keep COD on PlayStation because that makes enough money for them on that console, and then they could retroactively, you know, create exclusive deals for them on Xbox. I feel like Phil was kind of like misleading of that quote because the fact that it'd be on day one Game Pass, yeah, yeah, you don't have the exclusive skins or what like the early beta access, but like day one Game Pass itself is a big enticing factor for. Call of Duty in itself. Yeah, but they're saying here like they don't want you to buy an Xbox console for it. Like, I, I think. He I mean, yeah, but you also like, like keep like Game Pass is like a big reason why people would do that if you only well, no, play I... Call of Duty. Yeah, so th pretty much what they're saying is we're not going to force it down your throat with a bunch of advertising and be like only on Game Pass. Get it day one. They're just going to be like, yeah, well, you know, it's like here's Game Pass. Here's the next COD. It's going to be there. It's just like no, it's going like, to it's going to be like heavy-handed advertisement during the Fair next. Enough. Card reveal, they're gonna be in your face day one game pass. Guarantee you this is what's gonna happen. Well, yeah, because they're gonna have to because there's gonna be a lot of people who don't pay attention to this kind of stuff. So they're gonna want all those COD bros in the Madden bros to be like, whoa, wait, what? I can get COD day one. So they're obviously gonna announce it like in the trailers, but they're not gonna I just don't feel like they're gonna be like overabundance about it. They'd be like how about do with everything else? Yeah. It's going to be basically what they're saying is COD's not going to get special treatment, I guess. No, that's not shocking at all. Um, and then, like, like again, like, this was very much stuff we knew about with COD, like, feature parody and whatnot. Like, I, I doubt that they would, like, say, ah, but eventually, you know, Call of Duty Black Ops 85, that's going to be exclusive. Like, I don't think they would do anything like that because uh, it's just too much of a money printer, even on PlayStation. Yeah, uh, like and then might the, as well just put it on the console and reap all the money. Exactly. And this last bullet point here wants to make sure any old IP they revisit has a passionate team that wants to make a difference, not just for financial gain. What Phil's saying there is that they're not going back to old IPs, guys. I'm sorry, it's Jover. Because here's the thing: these new studio, these these studios, they don't, <laughs> they're not like, oh man, you know, we really want to make a new Hexen game. I don't think anyone's saying that, and I genuinely don't think that's going to be the case for Banjo or anything. I, it sucks because I wish they would fucking make these old IPs you know, relevant again and like utilize their old back catalog. 
but I, I don't know. I just I, I don't really have much faith that a team is going to have much passion to do it. They're just going to want to do new things, and, you know. And well, probably said new things are not going to be good. <laughs> didn't um, Phil also come out and say that he's going to go to each team individually and ask them what they want to work on? So hypothetically, let's say Tori's for Bob. If they want to work on banjo, and given like their resume. I don't see a situation where if they say they want to do it, Phil will be like, nah, you're not going to be able to do it. How awesome. many of those teams are going to come back to Phil and be like, we want to make a live service game? None, yeah, hopefully. Who wants to make a live service game? <laughs> Nobody wants to make a live service game. No one's like, man, we have a well, That's the thing is, though, Phil's probably going to reject most of those because probably they're going to say, we're gonna make a, we want to make a live service game. And then he's, Phil's going to go over and go, we have COD. We don't need one. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> We have Redfall. We're good, guys. Yeah! <laughs> Let's go, Redfall. I don't know. I, I just I don't have much faith <laughs> that like, we're going to get much of those old IPs I like again. I, th- I would have more faith if uh, Phil said, oh, we're going to force these developers to make these old IPs. <laughs> I'm like, fuck yeah, dude. Force them to. Fuck, it. <laughs> fuck what they want. I don't care. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Been forced to Call of Duty for the last two decades. They can be forced to make something Xbox else. has so exactly. many fucking IPs and shit. Like even with all like the purchases, and not even just Activision, there's a lot that these devs might want to work on. Who knows what, what they grew up with and want to Dante's Inferno too. Well, the big True problem though. is that like we see what happens when they're allowed to work on what they want to work on with like um what was that game by Rare? Uh, that like artsy game. Uh, it was like something not rare artsy rare. game. No, no, it was like uh the Rareware game that was like kind of like very artistic. They revealed it in 2019. I, I forget what it was the called. Everwild? Oh, yeah. the, the, I'm sorry, say again, man? Everwild? Everwild, that's it. I mean, look at Everwild. Oh, a game like, that doesn't exist. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, that is a game. It's like, it's a passion project for us. And it just doesn't exist. It's like, I don't know. Like, I feel like there needs to be some overhead of saying, like, okay, you guys can work on what you want to, but you need to make sure you meet deadlines and whatnot, because we can't stand He's for just a game being in development on. hell. Well, yeah, of course. I, I I don't know. I just I I need some faith that they're able to actually like have the overhead to be able to manage all these studios, especially with like Matt Booty being in charge of the studios. I don't really have much faith in that regard. Okay, so let me cook for a second. All right. So I mentioned Dante's Inferno. I didn't. I just got an idea. This is how we get Xbox on the map against Sony. So you know how there's a like a small division of God of War fans who are really upset with 2018 and Ragnarok because they got rid of the hack and slash formula for this sad dad action game? You make mm-hmm. Dante's Inferno 2 because Dante's Inferno was already in a, a God of War clone, the classic God of War. You make Dante's Inferno 2, you get all those people who missed the hack and slash, bring them all over to Xbox with Dante's Inferno 2. Let's do this, Phil. Counterpoint, nobody's going to play it. <laughs> I will Nobody, play it. No, everyone's itching Just for a God of War game, not a Dante's Inferno game. <laughs> they will be. Just why? <laughs> they can take High High uh, High Moon Studios that did the Transformers games and the Deadpool game, and give them another fucking IP to work with because they understand Marvel IP. High Moon Studios still alive? <laughs> I feel like I think I they don't got know if that studio still alive. Yeah, most likely they got folded into the Call of Duty machine and just don't exist anymore. <laughs> Nah, get those devs out. It's a million dollar idea, Phil. (laughs) I mean, they can't really free them if they got folded into it. Um, Activision did lay off a bunch of people after Deadpool. 
and then from there, I don't think they've worked on anything. Oh no, yeah, no, they're they're just they're just a support team. <laughs> they literally just work on calls. Yeah. Like, the, the, like everything what, else. No, your idea, right your idea there though is flawed because like from what you see from the Deadpool, apparently after that game they laid off forty members. The people who worked on Deadpool and those Transformers games you love, they don't work there anymore. Now it's just a completely different studio. I mean, I'm sure some of them still work at Actors, you know. I mean, I so, doubt it. They gotta be like in different areas now. It's 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 not gonna be the same game. That's all I'll say. It's kind of like when uh, I mean, not, that pool wasn't yeah. like a masterpiece or anything, but they did a really good job with those games. And well, stuff like yeah, that is I mean, what I, I want to see more I, of. I, the, the, all I'm saying is that that was a different team. Um, I mean, hopefully they somehow re come back together, but I I don't know. I kind of doubt it. But we got more uh, Xbox news, even though this is more Bethesda news than Xbox news. I still don't really consider them together. <laughs> but uh, big news for Bethesda. Uh, Bethesda's head of publishing, Pete Hines, is leaving the company after 24 years. This comes from Andy Robinson over at VGC. Hines, who is one of the most recognizable figures at the Microsoft-owned Elder Scrolls and Fallout publisher, announced the news on his social media ch channels on Monday. After 24 years, I have decided my time at Bethesda Softworks has come to an end, he wrote. I am retiring and will begin an exciting new chapter of my life, explore interests and passions, donating my time where I can, and taking more time to enjoy life. This was not a decision I came to easily or quickly, but after an amazing career cultivating in the incredible launch of Starfield. Okay, Pete, I'm going to have to cut you off there. Incredible is not the word I would use for that word game, but sure. <laughs> I am a hater. Yeah, uh, it feels like the time is right. He added, this is certainly not goodbye by any means. My love of Bethesda and its people has never wavered, and I will never stop being part of this incredible community we have grown. Thank you for the hundreds and thousands of fans uh, I've gone to meet over the last 24 years. Your energy, creativity, and support has been such a huge part of my journey. I look forward to experiencing the next part of the adventure alongside you. Working with the amazing people, teams, and studios at Bethesda have been the greatest experience of my life. I'm incredibly proud of everything we have done together, and I'm genuinely excited to see the amazing things we will create next. Um, obviously, Pete, very, very head figure of Bethesda. He, he was always the one talking at E3s. He used to interact with the community quite a lot. Um, kind of stopped interacting with the community on Twitter and whatnot after whole Fallout 76 fiasco. But, you know, he still does every now and then. He, he was definitely a center figurehead of Bethesda. That whole, like, publishing label and just all those games in general. And, yeah, I, I, I grew a, a, my own fondness for Pete through those E3 uh, press conferences. So, like, yeah, it's it'll suck to see him go, but it seems like this was a very, like, he just decided now is the time. He's around, like, 54 years old. He was the head of publishing, which we found out before the podcast that he literally got promoted to last year. So he literally got promoted and then said, ah, never mind. <laughs> but he, he he's, he's walking off with uh, probably enough money to retire and, you know, live the rest of his life in peace. Uh, not a lot of Pete Hines here in the casting. <laughs> You're the Bethesda guy. Yeah, I, 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 I used to be ex-Bethesda. Starfield <laughs> fucking killed me, man. I'm done with that company. <laughs> I only knew Pete Hines from like his meme and his E3 press conferences. Like, I don't know. Yeah, much it's like, about that's about it. What did y'all? It makes sense that he's retiring after Starfield. Starfield was like their big passion project that they've had in the works for who knows how fucking long. So him he getting that over with and done. I mean, he's trying to steal the Jim so Ryan. Just like, you know what? That's about it. 
he saw that I hated the game, so he was like, "Oh man, Wolf doesn't like the game. I might as well leave." <laughs> no, like two percent of people up, who don't I didn't like live the up game. to Wolf's expectations. <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna suck to see him go because he was definitely like a big major uh, center field of Bethesda in general. But you know, he he had a good career over there, and like twenty four years is nothing to scoff at. Like he's definitely worked there for longer than most people hold general. But moving on, obviously, you know, we'll, we'll miss you, Pete. I, I'll miss you because these fucking haters <laughs> just don't have anything was, to say. Because you just, like, just I shitting on his project. Starfield right now. I hate, I shit on Starfield, but not Pete, all right? That's his final project. <laughs> That's his final project? Hey, you know what? Sometimes we don't end. Song that we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't end on our proudest moments. So that, you know, have that as the quote of the day, all right? Now, I'm sure there's going to be, like, a hater. some little... Talk of him in Elder Scrolls Six, and he'd be like, "And thanks, Pete Hines, for like the pre-production work that you did." <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> so you can literally count Elder Scrolls Six as his last game. Thanks for saying the name Elder Scrolls Six in that one interview. <laughs> like there that's basically go. what his involvement was. <laughs> Moving on, uh, Okami Games has this over on Twitter. Uh, Nintendo of America president Doug Bowser has indicated that the Switch Two will indeed feature backwards compatibility. Also, seems. All but confirmed the Switch 2 is releasing in 2024. Our goal is to minimize the dip you typically see in the last year of one cycle and the beginning of another. The Nintendo account is a strong basis for having that communication as we make the transition. So obviously there were a lot of rumors, a lot of like theories that the Switch 2 wouldn't have backwards compatibility. A lot of non-answers from Nintendo as they said, ah, you know, we'll think about it. <laughs> but, you know, Doug Bowser basically just saying in some random interview, yeah, it's going to have backwards compatibility, like just confirming that the Switch 2 exists even. Then giving that next year, like, kind of launch window, like, not confirming it, not saying, like, it's next year, but, like, at this point, we, I think we can all agree that it's next year. Now, we just sit back and wait. <laughs> and the waiting starts. It's already started, though. But oh, yeah, there also seems to be, good. like, word that some people, I don't know if this has any merit to it, I didn't look far deep into it, but that people are also taking this as, like, some indication that there's going to be, like, a digital version-only Switch too. I don't, I don't know, know where that came from. Uh, that uh, that was that was a, a separate rumor. This wasn't in relation to this. There was a whole separate rumor that there would be two SKUs of the Switch 2, uh, one more similar to the Lite where it's digital only. I don't really think that makes sense. I don't believe it. I mean, it could be a case. I mean, PlayStation and Xbox are both doing that. The Switch to digital is kind of slowly approaching, but I doubt that like Nintendo would uh, jump on that even for the Switch 2. I think you would have to wait another generation for them to even think of uh, offering a digital only thing because they're a very slow company as we could see throughout the years i never understood the the argument that it wouldn't have backwards compatibility it would be suicide if they released the switch to backwards compatibility given the lineup that the switch has i think you gotta remember is that yeah. nintendo's a very stupid company it's like I mean, not the only reason that... rants i've said on this podcast the only reason we didn't have it with the wii u because the wii u sold like shit <laughs> And it was no, a the, the like, reason, jump. yeah, the only reason with the Wii U was that it was a different um, medium. It went from disc to cartridge. Yeah. So, like in that regard, it, it was just like Nintendo's normally pretty can't good. Really, like, yeah, that was an yeah, that was an understandable situation. I mean, the Wii was backwards compatible with the GameCube. The Wii U was uh, backwards compatible with the Wii. Um, no, the Wii U was backwards compatible with the Wii. Um, the GameCube wasn't backwards compatible with the N sixty four. So there you go. That's that's Tragic. one. <laughs> That's one strike. The 3DS <laughs> of the OPS games. 
Yeah, but but not not GBA. So hey, that's another strike towards Nintendo. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I think wait, the DS had it back then, but not the 3DS. The DS yeah, like, that was too far back. The DS and the DS Lite, but then the DSi got rid of the backwards compatibility. I'm saying all this, and Fusion's just like sitting here dumbfounded, like, what the fuck are they even talking about? Yeah, like, I don't know how you could simply remember all these DS names and Game Boy names. Like, they made a hundred of them. You how don't? Do you because I was no. there. Nope. No, <laughs> bro. You... No, no, it's the Game Boy, the Game Boy Color, the Game Boy Lite, the Game Boy Advance, the Game Boy Advance SP, the Game Boy Advance Micro, uh, the DS, the DS Lite, the DSi. The DSi XL, the 3DS, the 3DS XL, the 2DS, the 2DS XL, the new Nintendo 3DS, the new Nintendo, the new Nintendo 3DS. No, the new Nintendo 2DS XL. See, easy. I own one of those. One of those handhelds. Out of the, it's one of you named. I only own one. I forgot about the micro. The micro is fucking awesome. That thing is comfy. But yeah, God bless Nintendo and their. The, just the fact that we were like, oh, I wonder if they'll do backwards compatibility was just like a, a weird fear because it's like there, there's a chance. But yeah, it's good to know that like it very much is the case. Um, next story, Like a Dragon Gaiden will not feature an English dub at launch. Uh, as highlighted on Twitter by voice actor Yong Ye, the English dub of the upcoming game will be added in a post-release patch. There currently isn't a release date for the English language voice pack at launch. The game will be playable only in Japanese with English subtitles. Uh, it launches on November 9th, 2023. I'll, I mean, I don't personally mind this, but I know that it is very much more difficult for a lot of people to play games, um, you know, in a subtitle form, like a Japanese language with uh, subtitled English subtitles. I can deal with it, but I do personally prefer a dub in English and whatnot. Uh, Moon, I know you said specifically you were going to wait for this. Well, that's just because of so many other games and whatnot. Um, and this game isn't particularly high on my hype list. But yeah, might as well just wait for the English version as well. It is but interesting. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, I was about what you just said. It's interesting that this is not, this is their first, this is the first like big Japanese uh, game to that gets English dubs to not have an English dub at launch. I mean, a couple of years ago, we started really seeing the revolution of simultaneous uh launches across the world starting with like pokemon and whatnot um but yeah this is like the first case of an english dub not being available at launch and they don't give a reason as to why i'm pretty sure granted there's probably not a lot of people who really care they just they just kind of scoff and go oh english dub uh, okay whatever um but it just it has to be like either a contract thing or that's really the only thing i could think of it's. I think it's just a thing where it's not ready, but also that just doesn't make sense to me because it's like, what 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 part of it is not ready? <laughs> so I think your contract theory might be correct. I got a question. This is Sega, right? This is Sega we're talking about. Yeah, Sega. Yeah. All right. So Persona Six simultaneous launch, both Japan and US, so we don't have to wait like the six months or however long it was, but it's Japanese only for like a year. <laughs> Yay or nay? Uh, no. I don't think so. They're going to have the simultaneous oh, no, I'm, I mean, like, no, I'm not saying if it's going to happen, but I'm saying, like, if that were to happen, how would you feel about it? I mean, I'll play it. I'll be mad, but, like, I'll be like, I mean, I have to play it. <laughs> Actually, probably. I could Just... probably I could probably wait. I don't care about something that much. I know. The problem <laughs> is with waiting, like, I could never. under normal circumstances, I would wait, but then story spoilers are going to be everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it's tough. I don't know. It's a weird thing, but like, 
I, I, do you have a theory of when this would come out, like this English dub? It's hard to say because my experience with English dubbing is only with anime. I don't know if games is any quicker, faster, or whatever. I would assume it's pretty, pretty similar, at least to how they record. Depending on the size of the game, it's, I hear this is a pretty short game. This is not a very long game. They could knock this out in like a week if everyone's actor schedule was the lineup. And that's probably. And I also thought that maybe that was an issue. Maybe someone's uh, schedule wasn't lining up. But then I thought this. Th- they have at least another month to do this before that game is supposed to come out. And I don't think they have any giant cast members on. Like everyone I know who's in this franchise is a constant working actor, so they're always available. So it's, I, it has to be a contract thing just for some kind of like, OK, we're going to have the uh, we'll have the original launch and then we're going to put out the English patch later. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if it's already recorded and it's just sitting on a shelf and yeah. they're just gonna put it in the patch later. I'm pretty sure Yong Ye, the uh, voice of Kiryu, the main character, he, he straight up said like uh, the, the he finished all his voicing work for the game. If I remember correctly, I can't really quite Okay, I didn't see that, so it's possible. Because I know that also happens with anime. Like, there are some things in contracts with worldwide distribution saying, okay, you're allowed to do a dub, but you can't do it after until this certain date or this amount of episodes Mm -hmm. is put out originally. So it could be a similar thing, which is just weird for a game, especially because we are now in a world of simultaneous releases of multiple languages. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough situation. I think Yakuza fans will probably just play it because, like, they've had like six games <laughs> with only subtitles, so I think yeah, they'll so be fine with the it. The diehards will be for it, and I think Yakuza is probably, at least from my experience talking to people online, Yakuza seems to be one of the more diehard subtitle only. Like, you don't see too many people like in on the dub like a lot of people will play like persona dubbed and like some other franchises but yakuza seems to be a weird outlier where it's more it's more vehemently like oh no i play sub for that they get so mad at you if you play in dub and i'm like yo it, it's not even a difference <laughs> like the dub is great i don't know like I, I mean obviously this one's not out so i don't know how good the dub is but like for like a dragon that dub was phenomenal like i had a great yeah. time with it who knows hopefully it's not too long after launch. Uh, next story, we have like big sales numbers all around that I want to go over. Uh, first one here is, uh, this is technically a rumor, but it very much is true. Uh, Armored Core 6, oh wait, no, this isn't a rumor, it was confirmed, my bad. Uh, Armored Core 6 has now sold over 2.8 million copies worldwide. Uh, Mr. Rio uh, Shimokawa, Armored Core 6 has sold 2.8 million copies worldwide. And then it sold 1.3 million in September, so it shows that they definitely had its legs, uh, not just in September, but you know, like late August, and then obviously going into October. Uh, Fusion uh, very much was talking a lot about how Armored Core Six would uh, not review very highly and not sell well. Uh, so eat your words. I don't remember saying that for one, but I will say. Yeah, you did. I'm impressed <laughs> by this number. There was yeah. no, there was no way in my mind I was like, oh, Armored Core selling three million copies. Like it's just. But I guess from software, like the name just carries, mm-hmm. like it just straight up carries. I'm not saying the game's bad, it's just like this is usually like a a genre that I don't see many people jump into, like mech game. And I'm like, they see three million, like that quick already is pretty impressive. I'll tell you right now, if Armored Core Six was the exact same game, nothing changed about it, but it didn't have the From Software logo on it, I would not have bought it day one. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I listen, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm fanboy. <laughs> 
yeah, of course I'm a fan. Bro, they keep making 10 out of 10 games and I'm not a fanboy? Like, come on. <laughs> but yeah, it is, it, like Fusion said, it is very exciting that the fact that it sold 2.8 million in a very like niche genre. Mech games do not do well. So that is pretty good just in looking at it. Next sales story. Um, this comes from friend of the show, Nubal. Um, Minecraft sales <laughs> surpassed 300 million copies. The last number was by Mojang in 238 million back in April of 2021. 300 million. So yeah, it's not just game. it's not just the best-selling game. It is the best-selling game by over 100 million because I think second place is GTA 5 with around like 175 million. It's uh, it more. To, I feel like this game gets. It's like a, it sells like a million copies a week. <laughs> That's the only way. <laughs> Kids are crazy, bro. That's I mean, the thing is though, there's like a new twelve year old like every week, so it makes sense. It's every a good day. Game. It deserves, it. It deserves it, to sell three hundred million. Yeah, it's a great game. But I wish Mojang was a bit better with how they do updates. Oh, yes. But you know, other than that, like it is a good game. They have also, there's like good. three they're copies are because of me. They haven't been good since like 2014 like they're up there yeah just has been so and they There's... have like no communication with the community like i don't know how minecraft still does as good as it does because i feel like Mojang just just can't speak. <laughs> yeah well, the mob you, you guys every three you know the situation about that and like why it's such a big deal wait, i heard there was wait, some wait, controversy wait, yeah. but i didn't look into it so it's it not really literally like... called a controversy but so minecraft does this thing where they have a mob vote so they put out three or four mobs they show you like the mobs and what they do and then the community has to pick one that gets added to the game. The the whole reason people are upset is like, why don't you just add all of them? <laughs> you have all these cool ideas that people are forced to pick one out of all these ideas. That's a lot of it, work. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, it is really funny because it's like they literally, I think it was Opera GX made like a meme version of it where it's like, you know, gold golem, fire witch, and then poop fish. And like, you know, it shows that poop fish always wins. Because it's like, oh, that's funny. I'm going to choose Poopfish, you know, those weirdos on Twitter that just choose the funny option instead of the actual cool mobs that would be a great addition into the game. But what happened was that they literally botted the game and put all three of those with custom models and everything before the mob vote even, like, finished. And it showed, like, you can do all three. <laughs> it's very easy. Oh, yeah, that's, like, that's a different story if, like, they've already, like, they've made them and, like, have put them in the game. It'd be different if, like, they were... Like you were voting on like concept art, like this is as much as we got about this mob. It's like it's just no, the concept like, art, but the fact finished. that they modeled all of them, yeah, it's it's a weird thing where it's like it, it kind of just shows. Like I don't, from what I've seen, the reason that it's so slow is because there's so many SKUs of Minecraft. They are still updating to this day. They're like they're upgrading. They're updating like Java edition and the actual retail version of the game at the same time which is leading to updates being a lot slower because they have to like also support the mobile edition i think they still update that one to be still current as well i'm probably pretty sure yeah probably like the 3ds version do you guys speaking of which do you guys see what like the new stuff that they announced you want me to get into that but i, I paid attention because i was bored all i know is they're adding an armadillo yeah, adding an armadillo. So they introduced like this challenger. I don't know where the hell you find that. I think it's like the replacement for strongholds. But you find this armor armored room. I don't think you can break it or anything. But it's like a bunch of trials that you do. For what I have no idea. But that's what 
the all the hype was about fucking trials. Hey, Minecraft's dope, bro. No hate on it. <laughs> I'm gonna. Hate I like on Minecraft, it. but like, you people are waiting so long on... for this, and it's just like, okay. <laughs> I don't, don't hate on Minecraft for trials. Don't hate on Minecraft. Hate on Mojang because like, what's going on over there, y'all? <laughs> because like, they this is made, the... like a new fucking realm or some shit. Like <laughs> the different Nether or something. Instead, they give us this. <laughs> It's weird as hell. <laughs> I, I know Aether Realm is like a fucking big meme in the community. You know how many and people want that? Should be yeah. Awesome. And like, that's how we're going to happen. <laughs> um, but near the end of our like sales roundup, uh, Liza P, Fusion's favorite game that totally didn't give him a hernia, sold <laughs> 1 million copies, which I'll just say right now, this comes from Dubo over on Twitter, by the way. Um, friend of the show. I'll say right now, one million copies for your first game, that is insanely impressive. And I the fact that it was on Game Pass as well and it was able to sell that much kind of just shows like, yeah, the, this studio has a really long life ahead of it. This also just goes to show that the Souls community is big and it is hungry for whatever it can get. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's like... some point that this game was bad. This was a really solid, polished game. When, until it comes to balancing. But besides that, like, Especially with what they set up at the end. I'm not going to get into the spoilers or anything now. They have a roadmap, and I'm very excited to see what they're going to do in the future. If this had From Software on the logo, that would be 5 million. Oh, he's not. No, of course not. <laughs> yeah, no, no one's arguing that. <laughs> but no, 1 million is really impressive. Like, that's awesome. And because I, that's not counting Game Pass. So, like. Yeah. A lot, of, a, a lot of people played this game. A lot of people. If from software that this game, there wouldn't be as many balancing issues as there is. That's oh. true. I, I will say right now, um, it is extremely impressive. I hope this definitely shows them. It's like, all right. Because like, this was actually on a lot of people's... like, I saw multiple people put this as their game of the year. Like, um, what's it called? Uh, people I follow, like Maximilian Dude, uh, Rogers Bass, you know big YouTubers like that, they were very much like, yeah, this is a 10 out of 10, like, this is my game of the year. And it's like, hey, you know what? More power to you, because I, I wish I could say that, but I mean, still, this is a top-tier game. Like, this is a game I 100% recommend, especially after all the patches. <laughs> so does this mean that you guys are day one for the DLC when that drops, eventually? Because it yeah, is getting the Day one's a little rich for my life. <laughs> yeah, it's tough for me to buy DLC day one. I'm kind of slow when it comes to playing DLC. Are you going to get the Elden Ring DLC day one? No, he'll be there. Of course. There was a rumor where it was like, it's coming out on February 5th, and I saw everyone like, oh no, it's coming out next to Persona and Tech. Bro, I'm dropping all those games. Like, get this garbage out of here. It's all Elden Ring. <laughs> all right? I'm sorry. I'm biased. Fanboys. Goddamn right I'm a fanboy. <laughs> Speaking of that rumor, if you like were to look into it, the first thing it says is like unverified sources have claimed. <laughs> yeah, there's no way it's true, but like, hey, you know what? Live and learn. <laughs> it's, that's what Shadow the Hedgehog told me. Moving on, we got some Game Pass and PlayStation Plus numbers. Uh, this comes from Next Gen Player over on Twitter. Uh, PlayStation Plus has 50.1 million subscribers versus Game Pass with 41.7 million, says analyst firm. Om um, Omdia? Omdia. The Xbox figure does include Game Pass Core members, formerly Xbox Live Gold. If you remember, they kind of did that whole Xbox Game Pass Core and whatnot uh, around, what, like two months ago? Um, but yeah, this is very much a 
PlayStation is still ahead, but Xbox is catching up. Granted, uh, you know, this includes Game Pass Core, so people that just want to play online, maybe. But don't those numbers also Pass just Core? include, like, just PlayStation Essential, which I'm sure a majority is what people have. Essential is the normal one. Yeah, that's that's what I have. But yeah, no, I mean, just what you, you're, you're, you're right. Like, this doesn't show, like, oh, yeah, PlayStation Plus Extra is selling more than Game Pass. Like, I'm not trying to say that. It's more so, like, just in general, like, these numbers look about right for where we're at in the console race. PlayStation number one. That's all God bless. God bless. I'm pretty sure compared to Nintendo, but you know. Game Pass. Compared to Nintendo? What Nintendo got? Right. <laughs> Nintendo just has Animal Crossing. <laughs> Boring ass. <laughs> um, moving on. We got one last story. Again, this is a very short news story, and this was more of a like speculative news story. Um, this is from Shinobi over on Twitter. PlayStation will be under more pressure to make major acquisitions now, analysts believe. Uh, stay active in mergers and acquisitions. Anticipate further investments. Uh, include a large acquisition. Expect Sony to leverage film, TV, music, games to bolster cross-entertainment. So obviously this is just like some how a lot of industry analysts are looking at it and how they view what PlayStation is going to do next. But I kind of just want to pose a question for the panel. Um, we're just like what is playstation's response to the abk deal like what how do they bounce back do they make an acquisition uh fusion you're the big playstation guy i want to ask you uh, first and foremost yeah i went back and forth honestly because like i feel like sony can just get away with still just buying small dev teams like buying the havens buying the whoever else whoever else they got like just the small studios where they don't have to go get a publisher. But at some point, if they don't get a publisher, there will be no publisher left for them to get. Like, I don't Xbox think that is someone, someone, someone's going to do something. Like, there's no way Xbox is done. I just have no belief that Xbox is done looking because they just want everyone. I truly believe yeah. that. So it's like, and if Disney's going to get involved with the rumors about Disney and like looking at EA, blah, like, at some it's point, not just Sony Xbox. Ha- like, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be other companies. Apple, like, there's no, like, Apple could jump into the console space. Like, there's no way to know right now. So Sony has to do, like, get ahead on something. And I think it's a rumor. I don't think there's any, and it's been rumors for months and years at this point, but Take-Two makes the most sense for Sony. They're not, but no, I knew you were going to say that. I'm not saying they're going to get it. I'm just saying, if you're sitting me down in a Sony press conference room, and they're like, okay, who... Xbox to Activision, who do we get? That has to be their first choice. I'm not saying they're going to get it, but it has to be their first choice. It's a counterpoint. Even closer to 2K. Why would 2K sell? That's the current thing, is that you're looking at what companies (laughs) are... Yeah, like, it has GTA 6. GTA 5, I mean. You're looking looking right now, like, which companies are wanting to sell. I mean, I assume Ubisoft is actually close to wanting to sell, especially after uh, everything that happened last year. They're kind of in that position where it would be nicer for them to sell, but, like, would they sell to a PlayStation? Would PlayStation want them? Because that's... That is... Because you're... it's, It's like, oh, hey, PlayStation, you bought us. Now you get... Tom Clancy and Far Cry, and you also have to manage studios from all around the world. I guess when I say buy 2K, I think in the vein of the Bungie deal. Okay, so that kind of like a joint acquisition. Yes, more like that, where it's just like, you're going to be under us, so so we can use you as like, oh, you're part of the PlayStation family, like use the nice code wording for it, but like, and get the more value for GTA 6 and the 2K games and NBA and all that. 
like Bungie will be in Destiny for, for PlayStation. It wouldn't be like an outright takeover like Xbox is with Activision. Uh, the question kind of, is, like, do they have enough money to buy them? Yes. They can get a loan. If they really have enough, money, though, but they don't. But they they have enough, a... but it would be close. Yeah. That's um, the it's a risk. I got, like, a different idea. What if, what if they just, like, get Embracer and fix it? it no, Embracer, no, Embracer. I feel like Embracer would cost like, more than 2K. Yeah, that's, you're, you're asking them, no, per, that's from Koch Media. Which is like a no, bigger. No, I mean like group. Not, not Embracer, like not as a whole. I mean like because Embracer, like, they fall them apart right now. You what can if you just like salvage? Yeah, that's what I mean. Like just taking shit from them. But that's my point. I think <laughs> like, PlayStation is just going to get studios. They're going to continue. Maybe they'll get bigger studios. Maybe they'll go for like more of the true, like not publishers, Remedy? but close enough. Yeah, like remedies, like companies where you're like, okay, they have. They have a lot of games under their belt and they're big studios. You know what I mean? Like things mm-hmm. like like a Larian, they would never happen, but like something like that where it's just like we're getting those type of studios to come over because we can't afford a giant publisher or a giant publisher doesn't want to get bought. I could see a Larian, honestly. I, I I think there is some bit of like weird like because like all the issues with like how the Series S version was so like technically BG3 was console exclusive like not technically but like just by like you know it was an exclusive for a few months uh, the Xbox version still isn't out yet I don't think but you know for a little bit it was technically console exclusive I think PlayStation could use a uh, someone that doesn't make a sad dad game but you know a third person over the shoulder action adventure if they they could get something like Alarian and get some good turn based RPG in their portfolio. Especially to think, tackle what uh, Xbox is doing, because they're leaning hard into RPGs right now. Yeah. I still think CD Projekt Red is their best bet, like their best actual get. I don't see this. Honestly, I don't think that'll ever happen. I don't know. I, 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 I can do this happen, I'm saying, pers- Personally, I think that's the best the I one could you see that. <laughs> I like, could kind of see it. You get an entire store interface on computer. Like, Sony so, wants to get more into PC, you get an entire. You get GOG. Mm-hmm. Like, you get so much with CD Projekt Red. You get some of the best RPG devs in the world. Like, you have a studio that yeah, is now... I mean, they are. It is a, an actual fact. Like, there's no way around that. You can't say fact, though. No, say it no, as a opinion. No, is in the top 10 sold video games of all time. They are one of the best RPG devs of all time. Like, Jar- I, Jarvis, no... Jarvis, pull up the PS4 and Xbox One reviews for uh, Cyberpunk 2077. <laughs> yeah, no, just, I... no, no Sony getting CD Projekt Red is of Xbox getting Square Enix. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm not saying I, who, I'm just saying that's who they should get. They're not like going to be able to do it, but that's the thing. You, you, you brought like, it up, though. They could, they could buy Squeenix. Sony could buy Squeenix. So, the they, thing they, is Squeenix is like, but why would you? Why would you spend money on Squeenix when you already have them underneath your belt? Yeah, agreed. They don't really need Square Enix. <laughs> that, that, that's the thing. Like, Sony, I don't know who they could buy that even could like, they rival Microsoft by Activision. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think they are better to buy stuff like Haven. Well, maybe not specifically Haven, because they're working on fucking <laughs> well, fair games. <laughs> but, like, you know, like, buy stuff around that size. Like, I think if you, like, I think Remedy is around the size of studios they would want to buy. Whereas, like, okay, this is, like, a mid-sized studio, AA games. Hey, why don't we buy you and give you the funds, the resources to make a AAA game? That's why I, that's why I think they should do, but I'm also, for some reason, I feel like Sony's not going to get like the IOIs. Like if I if like IO Interactive gets 
taken over or like and that just feels like an xbox acquisition like so many of these like even remedy so much of these like little studios feel more of like they've had a better relationship with xbox over the past few years where it would be 100 percent like xbox is grabbing you not playstation playstation seems like their strategy for a while has been we're going to grab the newest studio that we can like Haven was like brand new they're like let's pick it up or fire sprite and like the other fire studio like they keep grabbing studios that have never made a video game like they just grab them out of nowhere and they're like your first video game is going to be on playstation we don't know if it's going to work out because we haven't seen anything from them yet but it's like at some point i don't know if that strategy is going to work out and xbox just has twice as many studios as you now and like thousands and thousands of more employees than you like at some point they're just going to be putting out games at a rapid pace that you can't keep up with and if they start becoming quality games it gets a little scary for the playstation side sony has been focusing like kind of like at the start of this generation and the ps4 generation they were focusing on like fostering the studios they had like trying to like really elevate each one to a triple a like standard kind of what they want to make out of each of those games versus xbox which has basically been building this munitions chest this huge war chest of studios ips publishers and they are very close to unleashing them and i don't know what sony's response could be now there very much is a chance that all those games come out of xbox and they're all red falls <laughs> but yeah that, i don't think that's gonna happen but that is a chance it, it really just comes down to like what does what can PlayStation do to counteract it? And honestly, do they really need to change anything? Because we saw how popular Spider-Man 2 was. Everyone is playing it. Literally, everyone is playing it. So it kind of shows that like Sony could coast off on these AAA games. I like that Sony's getting a fire lit on their ass, because outside of Spider-Man 2 and Final Fantasy 16, which they don't even own, they don't own Square, what else did Sony have this year? Uh... Did, did the Horizon DLC come out this year? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, let's go, Sony gang. That's when did three. That come out? <laughs> I think it came uh, out like February. April. It came out April. April. <laughs> That's the beginning of the year. They have a lot of stuff in between. As, okay, okay, I mean, Sony needs okay. to start pumping out more stuff. In the more recent Here's time, my counter- start pumping out more stuff and they'll be fine. If you can't do that, however, I, I don't know. <laughs> my counter argument is like, like, I don't think this has really been like the biggest year for either publisher because like you look at Xbox, it's like, you got you got Redfall, <laughs> and like yeah, they Starfield. had Starfield, which is a big, which is a big launch for a bad game, but still it's a big launch. And you know, Forza, but like cl- like clearly the reviews aren't as also, high Forza as they used to be. PlayStation does a lot more. Yeah, early in January, high PlayStation does a lot more third party public like third party deals. Like think of like Rise of Ronin and Stellar Blade. Like PlayStation yeah. does like. 20 to hundreds of those over the, their generation where xbox usually doesn't get like there's going to be a lot of playstation only games that aren't first party that are going to be very good and they're just going to only be able to play on playstation that's how PlayStation come to, an end, to be honest i don't we'll, think that's gonna we'll be lasting see. for much longer because the xbox is really pushing japan now look at what happened with uh, it, that is not no. an atlas you are look you what, are not gonna see a situation you are not, not going to see a about, situation. Like, Xbox getting exclusivity. I'm talking about like day and date. You won't be seeing situation with Sony having everything by themselves anymore. I, there, you're going to see a situation where they have more. Like they're going to still have those third party deals, like Rise of the Ronin or Stellar Blade, as Fusion said. 
is like that's not even just japan like you know celebrate is korea like i actually think uh um, what's it called sony wants to focus more on trying to get like deals in south korean game development chinese game development a lot of those studios those, over they there have those programs they have the, the chinese yeah. program they have the indian program now they have the um the crew they want out over in south korea like they have a lot of these programs setting up and like sony's been working with all these other countries they like help them make games and then all those games are ending up looking really good and they're being only on playstation like they're they're helping them make these games and like helping people pursue their dreams and game development and then they're making really good games that end up only on the playstation console and one thing that's really been helping playstation in general was like you know they have such a major foothold in europe and um what's it called uh japan like in comparison to xbox like obviously in japan like that's nintendo more turf more than anything nowadays but even then like sony is much more popular than xbox over there and you know and like even in the middle east like i'll, I'll tell you now when i go to jordan i don't see a single xbox game <laughs> like there's not a single xbox game it is literally only playstation and maybe a tiny section for the switch but like very little like any xbox uh, over there because like sony has such a major foothold like that's kind of their mo where like i feel like microsoft is really just trying to win the war in the west like they want to really get more people in the I u.s disagree. specifically because we've been seeing like, a lot of stuff of xbox branching out as of late of them getting new jobs in different locations and shit japan is just an example but they've been going all over the place yeah but they're never gonna be the most popular console in japan or even that popular in general like it's just well, too you, much of a not be the to most be. popular over there but they're still getting into it yeah I, xbox one's fucking shit it's fucked them up so much they have to start somewhere and they're starting it now if sony gets sloppy xbox can overtake them with time not without behind am i right yeah god, god <laughs> bless this. counterpoint here's my counterpoint xbox has tried this before if you remember back in the 360 generation they had uh blue dragon uh what was that game called uh the last remnant something like that they, they had a lot of like 360 exclusive japanese games and it just didn't work because japan just did not care about xbox i i, I, I genuinely think too yeah well even with game pass, like, game pass I literally don't saved think xbox too, so i don't know in, in the west i don't think there's any possibility where in x like xbox in japan becomes like a thing where People in Japan will buy an Xbox over a PlayStation or a Switch. Like, I genuinely don't think that will ever happen. Well, the best thing is, though, they don't want you buying an Xbox. They want you on Game Pass, which is why they're going so hard in a mobile, because Japan has a very big mobile market. They are always on the go. So the fact they're leaning so hard into cloud streaming is going to be a big difference in Japan and a place like Japan that lives off of Switch and mobile gaming. They do PC, too. Xbox is day and date with everything. Nerds. You don't get to, no, yeah, you're getting a PC. Uh, you're gonna join the nerd I know, um, hindsight's 2020, but I really do think Sony is low key upset that they never went like they never acquired Capcom a few years ago when Capcom was like, <laughs> dude, they, dying. That, was so <laughs> easy. that would have been the easiest buy of their life, too. Because <laughs> I feel like there was a time where they could have got Capcom and Square Enix at a time. Granted, Square Enix, they really don't need them because they just work with them anyways, but like. I five six years ago, I feel like they could have gotten both of those companies, and we wouldn't have like they wouldn't have to be worrying about acquisition now because they would have had those juggernauts in there, especially Capcom. Like if Capcom was under Sony today, no one would even care about the Activision deal. Acquisition wars were not really a thing back then. They only really started becoming a thing. You know, I I think the first start of the acquisition wars was when Microsoft bought Bethesda. 
and that was kind of like the yeah. singling of like everyone acquiring everyone and they, it was they, when, go ahead I don't it was when Xbox so came out at E3 and we're like we're buying these studios and like oh, yeah. remember like, when they say bottle buying like Double yeah. Fine and those other it companies. was when they did when they announced that E3 that's when it was just like okay well obviously they this is some type of war and that's not going to happen because yeah, they like, knew. Bethesda and like everything else we knew they were being serious when they bought Bethesda like that was when it was like okay they really are trying to make a foothold like they do actually care about the xbox brand they are trying to make this a bigger thing yeah, wait just with them buying activision alone starting next year they're gonna have call of duty every single year that's already one game guaranteed every single year on top of whatever else the fuck they're making interesting situation yeah, what, like ghostwire tokyo like, too don't... no 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's no, why no, i just no, don't no. think there's anything but two, but take two that I don't think will happen that PlayStation can possibly, like possibly do to like affect that Activision deal. So like if you're PlayStation, just keep buying the smaller guys because at yeah. the end of the day, those smaller guys are probably going to make really really good video games, and that's all PlayStation gamers care about. We just care about the video game. We don't care about like the Game Pass equivalent or any of that. Just like keep letting us have really good first party video games, and we're happy. So like. That just seems like what PlayStation should do because there's nothing they can possibly do to like be on the Activision level other than GTA, and it's just like that seems mm-hmm. impossible. I have like this is very anecdotal, but like I have a few friends that own a PS5, and literally all they play on it is like Madden, 2K, and um, Call of Duty every year. But then there's with a big Spider-Man, majority of people like that. Yeah, exactly. But like, you know, Spider-Man 2 came out and they were like, yo, dude, you ready? Like, bro, I'm so excited for Spider-Man 2. And like that shows like even Spider-Man 2. And I, that's it. That same thing happened with God of War Ragnarok. It's like even these PlayStation exclusive games are on that level. They are getting closer to that level. Maybe not to the level of a 2K Madden or Call of Duty, but like they're like pretty much an inch below that in terms of popularity, especially with the PlayStation Nation. I, I do. Yeah, actually, like you think I, of like, like PlayStation. Yeah, like like God of War Ragnarok like was all over TikTok at the time. Like these games mm-hmm. are like like PlayStation games are still the thing where it's like, okay, this is now an event for a few weeks. Like this is like everyone's yeah. gonna be, everyone's going to play Spider Man too. Not just like not just your hardcore gamers, you're talking about your Madden gamers, your Call of Duty gamers are going to load up Spider Man too and play the game. game. I know, yeah. just like God of War and just like a lot of the PlayStation studios. That's my point. Is like they shouldn't they're not really worried about the Activision deal. They should be more worried about other studios jumping in and acquiring things before they do. Like if there's a chance for I'm not saying it will happen like say they had a chance to get Capcom and they never pulled the trigger and then Disney comes along or someone crazy comes along and gets them. Like Sony's going to be sitting there, like, okay, we should have pulled the trigger when we could have, because now, like, now everyone around us, at some point, it just seems like everyone is going to like go somewhere, and if PlayStation gets none of it, which is it, there's a chance they don't get any of it. It's going to be really weird, and like, I don't know what happens at that point. Apple by Sony. I mean, what else is there to do? PlayStation buys Nintendo. There it is. <laughs> you laugh, but I really do think an Apple crossover sony thing could happen at one day like if there was i don't know this is a scary time, like, that might actually happen <laughs> you know what i mean like if, if sony was about to like 
they needed help or something, Apple seems like the perfect spot to be like, hey, we have billions and trillions of dollars. You guys want it? Like, yeah, they're, they're far from me. Oh, yeah, they don't need any, but... Uh, I didn't, yeah, if, if hypothetically that were to happen. Hey, maybe Big top. Depends. Look at what happened from the 360 to Xbox One era with the change of uh, leadership. Now that Sony's going to going the same thing, we don't know how that's going to turn out. I mean, yeah, I mean, the kind of like you look at the Wii U to the Switch, like that was a crazy situation where Nintendo was close to basically imploding after the Wii U just failed completely into the Switch, where now they're number one. And, you know, these companies aren't like omnipotent. Like there is very much possibility for any of them to fail at any time. We will see. There's a lot to be looking forward to. In terms of the console wars. My last question. Yeah, does for Sony, for everyone here, to make a vote, yes or no, does Sony make a big acquisition in 2024? I guess it depends on your big. definition of big. Yeah, As in, like, a EA, Ubisoft? No. EA, Ubisoft, like, that big. No. Not like I think, like, the biggest thing Bungie. probably will probably not be, like, Valerian. Okay, so you guys I think they're still... They're, they, do not, they don't acquire a publisher next year. They're going. They're undergoing leadership change. I don't think they're worried about publishers. <laughs> Jim Ryan is going with a bang. <laughs> like, Let's do it. Yeah, you already did. He He's like, yeah, you know what? Plus. I'm, I'm, I'm bang, buying Square Enix, and I'm out of here, boys. <laughs> like, what, something like that. I don't know. Square Enix is so stingy. I feel like they would tell Sony no to. <laughs> yeah, I just, I don't know. I can't imagine they make like, a play- big act. PlayStation doesn't need Square Enix because they work so close to them, but it's also just like just saying yeah, Square Enix. Well. Is, yeah, exactly. <laughs> just saying Square Enix is now a first party just holds a lot of name. It holds a lot of power to be like, hey, Square Enix is a first party studio. Squ- I don't know. Also Square Enix's like loyalties lie. Like if Xbox were to come up okay, with well, that bag, would they pick? No, no, if that so were to happen, hypothetically, you're right? not worrying about Xbox. You're not worrying about Xbox. You're worrying about Tencent. You're worrying about uh, these other big giant conglomerations that. That's who you're actually doing. So for Square Enix, right? Let's say they're they're like Xbox or somebody comes to them with a fat, ridiculous amount of money. Sony, of course, they gotta probably get a say first. I think like that's how it was in the contracts too. But they're gonna get a say first and learn about this stuff. Would they pick the loyalty of Sony because you've been working there for so long? Or are you gonna pick this fat ass bag with Square Enix? I don't know. <laughs> well, that's what Fusion's saying. Like, I think makes sense is that. You don't want to risk a Tencent coming in and saying, you know what, we're going to buy Square Enix. Because Square Enix might be looking to get bought because like, we saw like they had a really rough financial quarter last uh, the last couple of financial quarters after uh, Forspoken and whatnot and Avengers. And they, they kind of could be at the verge of being bought. And I think Sony would want to look at that as like, yeah, sure, we still get the first party deals, but we don't want to risk Square Enix falling into Tencent. So... Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sony, not Sony. Uh, Square Enix is such like a wild card. I don't know if they're gonna pick loyalty over money. That's what I'm trying to well, say. That's just, well, that's just go for whoever has the most amount of money. That's that's why Sony would maybe strike first and go, "Hey, we're gonna offer you like this deal," and then Square Enix is like, "Okay, we need to get bought by someone." I think yeah, that's my point. Is like Sony also a lot of the time they're going to have to make these deals first because they can't get in a, they can't get in bidding wars. Like they just cannot get in bidding wars with a lot of these companies. Like they can't be like we're gonna outbid Microsoft for Square Enix. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs> they just don't have yeah. the money. So like that's my one concern is 
Sony just sits back and they're like, we're going to keep doing what we're doing. And then they look at 1.5 years from now and they're like, wow, we acquired no one and everyone else has been acquired by all these other companies. And the the entire space could look completely different then. Yeah. Console wars are funny. <laughs> they're a very <laughs> interesting situation. Looking at it though, we got well, there's there's a lot there's a lot coming into the future. And like, as Fusion said in 2024, I feel like a lot of companies are going to be going crazy. There's going to we cannot predict the future. I would have never predicted Microsoft tried to acquire Activision Blizzard, but we saw that happen. So crazy stuff could happen every single day. <laughs> that's really what we're looking at now. Moving on though, that's all. Uh, I want to I want to oh, add yeah, a new story it. though. I might wait. Might do loud. Hold on. Uh, just want to add in here because we all seen that meme game that's going around right now that kong skull island game Wait, I, I, why do we have to talk about this I, I, it, did you see the article that came out about it no i didn't Wait, hang on so, no, link, it, link it uh i don't know if i can link it right now i just got it on reddit but basically the gist of it is is this game was made in pretty much under a year <laughs> and, i believe it. what it looks like <laughs> and and so yeah, they started. I just skimmed like the article a bit, and it was an interview with some developers. And it's like, yeah, we've been working on this a little less than a year. We started crunching in February to release it this October, and yeah, that's a. It kind of seems like it just from all the clips that I've seen, and it just makes me wonder and question: Why did you crunch? Like, why did they have to get this game out like as quickly as possible? This sounds like a money laundering a scheme. That's what's weird. There's not even like a movie. Like the Kong Skull Island movie came out in like what 2017. Yeah, and like the next God's got next Kong movie not going out for years. I was like, yeah, but that was like two years ago. Two years ago, yeah. (laughs) The ship sailed. So it's like, why did you rush? I I can understand like the ET game and all that when they crunched because they had to get it out for the holiday when the movie came out. There's no movie to promote this with. Yeah, I see the Verge article. It's from Ash Parish over there. Shout outs to him. Uh, but very much seems to be the case that this game was made in under a year. Well, well, here we go. The development process of this game was started in June of last year, and it was aimed to end on June 2nd of this year. So a one-year development process. <sighs> Why? Man, I don't get it. There's no reason battle. This I smells like money laundering. Better than this. <laughs> A lot of games look better than this. Let's just. Be but yeah, honest. you guys see that clip of like the attack that's pretty much like a JPEG. I cannot stop looking at that clip. I I laugh at it every single time. <laughs> Too good. Yeah, uh, you know, hopefully that studio lands on their feet. I, I I doubt it, but you know. What's even funnier is seeing like the uh, employees on Twitter be like, "We're proud of our game, though," and I can only assume that it's just coming down to, "Hey, you guys got a game to release. Good job." We're proud making, of our game. Making making games is hard. We're proud of our game. It's like there's just a gun on uh, off screen <laughs> aimed at their head as they're saying this. Uh, I, I hope. I hope. I hope game developer or uh, publisher stop doing this under a year development shit because it's getting ridiculous. Moving on. All the news we have today. Let's talk about what we've been playing. And Sony Ponies, it's our time. We finally got a game release after <laughs> We got months. a game. It, yep. And it's one of the biggest games of the year. One of the games that we were most anticipating, sitting at around a 91 on Metacritic. Spider-Man 2. I've been playing it. Moon's been playing it. Fusion's been playing it. Uh, Moon and Fusion have played, like, what, like two minutes of it? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. The equivalent like, of two minutes, yeah. I played two and a half hours. Two and a half hours, okay. And then I think I'm, like, like, close to two hours. 
Yeah, I'm sitting at around 10 hours right now. <laughs> so I guessed that earlier. I didn't pick that up. Oh, yeah, you did. <laughs> you, yeah, I was like, right. oh, shit. How did he know? <laughs> I thought you looked at my PlayStation profile. No, I, I just guessed. 10 yeah, hours no, in one day is crazy. Well, I mean, I had the midnight launch. Um, so, like, I played it for, what, like, three hours the night before. So, seven hours to, uh, today. Yeah, that's Everything. pretty much what I did. I picked it up at 9 o'clock, got home around 9.45, installed it for about an hour. So, maybe I really only played, like, an hour, hour and a half. Because then I had to go to sleep because it was, like, 12.30 at night. And then I came home today and had to record a podcast. So, I haven't been able to play yet. That, that, I'm not even joking. That hour-long install was kind of my moment of, like, maybe a digital feature is for <laughs> Right? <laughs> I did think about it. Bench got into our heads. But then I, I quit me. It was like, fuck no, never mind. Yeah, I felt that way when I was waiting. I had to wait till 5 p.m. for the game to come from Amazon. Oh, my God. And I was like, if I just had digital, I could have played before I had to do all my errands. Like, But it, it doesn't matter. Thing. Physical future, baby. <laughs> and then Same I was thing also... with like uh, Mario too, because I I bought Mario, but I, I just got the notification yesterday that it's not going to be here until Monday. Oh my god! And I have yeah. three pretty Insomniac cases that all say launch editions, because Modern Wireless launch edition, Rift Apart launch edition, and now Spider-Man Two. They all have launch edition on it, so it's like I wouldn't have had that if it was digital. Aren't you proud of that? Exactly. Exactly. I'm I'd proud, be of, proud of that. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> but no, obviously, I I mean, we gotta all talk about like how we're feeling on this game. I'll say it right now, as the one who's furthest in, this game's fucking incredible. I, I legitimately, I like, I fully finished, like, installing and everything around, like, uh, 12 a.m. last night, and I played till 3 a.m. Like, just, like, trying to stop myself from playing, but I'm like, no, I need to keep playing more Spider-Man, more and more, more and more Spider-Man. And, um, and then I was basically tossing and turning in my bed, just thinking about playing more until 5 a.m. I didn't get a lot of sleep tonight, all right? So sorry if I sound a little bit tired. He was thinking about those 19 inches of Venom. 19 inches of Venom, man. Uh, Yeah, no, everything about this game is pretty much exactly what I wanted it to be. It is just more Spider-Man 2018. And a lot of people will say, oh, where's the innovation? It's like, I don't think there needs to be that much innovation. Like, this is an iterative sequel, and there's nothing wrong with an iterative sequel if the original is just as good. And, you know, you look at every all the additions that they added in this game, we talked about like kind of like jokingly on like the meal prep about the uh, swing speed. Like, oh, you know, that's a weird bullet point. And like Fusion brought up, it's like, yeah, replaying 2018, like that game did feel slow to swing in. And it's like, dude, I feel it now because like, goddamn, you swing fast in this game. Like, it feels like you are genuinely swinging throughout the city way, way quicker than you did in 2018. And they even added a way to like go even faster because you have that dive function now that like picks up yeah. speed. You have a dive function. You have a wingsuit that can like jump on the air vents to go even faster. Like they definitely improved traversal in a way that I was like shocked. Like, how do you even improve the traversal from 2018? How did you make that even better? And they just somehow found a way. And I guess just in general, like the combat feels a lot better, like somehow even better. Like that's kind of how my viewpoint of this game is because I love 2018 Spider Man so much. I was like, there's no way they can improve it. And they improved it. And it just somehow feels even better. The parry, I will say, isn't perfect. It definitely feels kind of, I don't want to say easy to execute, but almost like there's no, a lot of the times there feels like there's no real reason to parry. And I want more of a reason to parry in the game than the game gives me. But I mean, besides that, like the actual like feeling of the combat is still so strong. Jumping around in midair as Spider-Man, web striking from enemy to enemy. All of that is incredible. 
and I guess just I'd like to like round it out. Like so far, my biggest issue is I got to my first MJ mission. Oh, now they're back. Oh, <laughs> they still suck, guys. They still suck. I do not know. Like, it's it's. I did you guys see a single person say I like the MJ missions in 2018? Because nobody did, and they brought them <laughs> back. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's great good to think. Know. Good thing they look forward to. Yeah. 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 Uh, I will say, uh, yeah. the ahead. combat is one thing I noticed almost immediately where I'm like, I like 2018's combat, and I just replayed the game a month ago, so like I'm fresh off of it. I was not expecting the combat to feel so much better. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I feel like it just feels tighter. It mm-hmm. feels faster. It feels like I'm moving from like enemy to enemy faster. And the like the face buttons, like the new way to like use your abilities just is way faster and cleaner than like the old 2018. In 2018, you had to bring up the weapon wheel and like use the weapon wheel to change your web shooters. And this game was literally just hold R1 and press the face buttons on your controller. Yeah, and then you have nice. like you have your venom attacks on your left side where it's like you press L1 and you click triangle or L1 and square, like whatever it is. It's just combat feels really smooth and I feel like already two hours in I'm feeling a bigger improvement in the combat and traversal than I was expecting in the sequel. No, it's even crazier is I was I was thinking about this, but then I saw some other people mentioned online, but it's weird for people who only just play 2018, like maybe even Miles too. But like the combat almost came back as like a muscle memory. Like I was just already get right right back into it like immediately. I'm like, I haven't played this game since 2018 or 2019 with like the DLC. Or 2020, I think, is when I played Miles Morales, or 2021. So it's like, it's been a good long while, and I've played other action games, and yet all this fighting just is coming back as muscle memory. Like, I was already getting in there. Yeah, it's very natural. It's very natural. And it helps that the combat's not overly, like, difficult. Like, especially, like, the perfect dodge and, like, using your spider senses mm-hmm. to, like, just, like, hit O perfectly. Like, it, it's not it's not a difficult combat, even though, like, it's funny because I'm on um spectacular or whatever whatever the hardest difficulty is and when yeah, i replayed, this, when I replayed spider-man the 2018 like i was just replaying it so i put it on like easy and it's so funny to see the difference from like that game compared to now it's like i forget how much like bullets hurt in a spider-man game like if you get shot with a gun dude your health is gone like it's, there is some things you have to worry about it's not like the just game is genuinely difficult like, yeah. like on that difficulty is genuinely like tough because you have to like worry about so many things and i'm like god damn it i need to fill my focus bar to heal come on go 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 <laughs> i'm very and it's cool to see like i've already done a mission like two missions where it's cool to see the thing they took from Oz morales and put into this game where it's like i can already tell they learn with two really good video games what to do and what not to do other than mj missions apparently but they, they, they'll never figure it out. <laughs> they mostly learn that it's like, okay, we knew like those two those two games we had two like specific things that characters love, like cute that people love. I don't know about the crimes yet, but so far I've only done a few crimes and like the bonus objectives, there's only ever been one, and they seem way easier than the twenty eighteen, where twenty eighteen gives you like seventeen different bonus objectives. Oh, yeah, more, the more bonuses crime. in twenty eighteen were crazy and so far, so, yeah. I've I've done some crimes too and all of them have been super Either ones I'd done by accident, or they weren't hard to do once I focused on them. So that's and like really there nice. so far has only been like one per crime, or even like I had a crime where I had to stop the car, and instead of having seven button prompts, I just had to yeah, hit you don't like have to one mash. button. Exactly, <laughs> I just like it was that, like instead of doing all this thing that like drags out the same weapon, I mean the same car crash that I have to see a hundred times. It was a simple like oh I press square once. Peter stopped the car, and I was done. Like the crime was done, and it was like really nice that. To see things like that, which in the back of my mind, 
I always knew it was an issue with 2018, but like seeing now in a sequel that they're not in the game, it's just like a huge quality of life feature where I'm like, you know, they could really, I only two and a half hours in, but if this is the whole game for the next 30 hours, it's going to yeah. be a really special experience. I will say my biggest fear right now, and like this is unfounded upon, but like I am a little scared that I'm going to run out of stuff to do too quickly where I'm like, ah, oh, you know, maybe throw in a few more outposts and stuff. But honestly, if your biggest, my biggest issue with a game, and this isn't even an issue, this is like a preemptive issue. <laughs> if my biggest issue of the game is like, I want more of it, that shows that you're a really fucking good game. I don't think you're yeah. going to have that much of a problem though, because I looked at the map and the fact that you have like two giant sections of New York and every single little district has like a list of things to do. Like you, you're going to be busy for a while, but granted that you don't so. do run into that problem of I'm just new doing a checklist now of like doing the same thing in every district. Yeah. I hope there's less. I hope there's, but see the thing with me is like, I'm fine with the checklist stuff. I just want less. Like if, if say you're going to make me do a bunch of outposts, I would rather have less outposts. Like just give me that. Instead of 20 outposts, give me 10. Like, I'm that type of player where it's just like, I would rather have 10 really good outposts than 20 yeah. okay outposts. I guess, like, I'm, I want more variety. Like, you know, give me outposts, yeah. spider drones, like, different stuff to do other than just, like, the same old stuff. But, you know, again, it's just like, I'm playing this game, I'm like, bro, I'm ready for DLC. And I'm only 10 hours <laughs> in. And it's like, it shows, like, this is just, like... I, I want to live in this world. Bro, I felt like halfway through this, or like playing it today, where I'm like, man, maybe I should replay 2018 again. Like, I just want to always play Spider-Man. Dude, that's all I want to do. I was, I was up two hours in and I was feeling that DLC comment already. I was like, dude, I want <laughs> just more of these characters. I'm like, I'm like, I'm Except, always doing this. And like, I love this world that Insomniac has built. They're just like, it always, like the Insomniac, like Spider-Verse is just so good. They're so good at like mm -hmm. doing what they're doing. And I won't I won't say anything about like spoilers or anything, but I will say right now the story kind of took an interesting t direction where I'm like, I understand now what the main theme of the story is, what the writers are going for, and that gets me really excited to see how they conclude upon those themes by the end of the story because like that's something I'm a really big fan of when writing is like, what is the theme and how do you like incorporate that theme throughout the story? And I think there's a really interesting theme that they're going for with this game. Also pressing X on the menu and then going straight into a game a cutscene. God, like, dude, God games are so good. Like, <laughs> they learned, dude. They learned from God of War twenty eighteen that year. Where you just click X and immediately I was flabbergasted. Press into the cutscene. I'm like, yep. That, like if your game starts off like that, it's a banger. Like yep, <laughs> it's a ten yep. out of ten. That's all you need, honestly. Agreed. I mean, do you guys have any more thoughts on Spider Man? Like, obviously, you both are really early in the game. Yeah, I, I'm sure I, Performance I just want to play more. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to play more in performance. I'm very, like, I already knew, we already knew how good Insomniac was at making their games playable and, like, playable in a hundred different options. I am blown away that I can load onto my PlayStation 5 and play this game at 120 FPS at a smooth it's frame insane. rate the entire time. Like, How did the they make it look so easy? How did they make it look so easy in comparison to all these devs who are like, oh, we can't make it 60 FPS at launch. We can't get a performance mode at launch. And so, meanwhile, Insomniac's just like, oh yeah, there's a 60 FPS, there's 120 FPS, there's uh, 60 with ray tracing, 40 FPS. And it's like, how are you doing this? I don't understand. Yeah, they're, they're masters at what they do. That's that's my, yes. that was my whole thing with like, I, I know they're different games, but that was my whole thing with Starfield and like Todd being like 30 FPS, like, no, if Insomniac can do what they do every single time they release a video game, 
a Bethesda can do some other stuff. Like, it's just, you can't tell me you can't do it back by Microsoft. Like, figure it out. You could, like, I literally playing Starfield, I'm like, there is no part of this that feels like it needed to be 30 <laughs> Like, you couldn't get it. Like, you really couldn't figure it out. And I, no word of a patch yet, but hey, you know what? Redfall did eventually get a 60 FPS, so hopefully. And I don't want to come off as too much of a Sony pony, obviously. Like, hopefully things get better over there in that regard. But, like, goddamn, this game just reminded me. It's like, I fucking love Insomniac. I just love Insomniac. Like, I genuinely think they are one of the best developers in the industry. So to, to, an, to a level that I feel like other developers are, like, look so insane like it's like it almost feels like they're showing off at this point with like what this is their third game on ps5 god i think the fourth if you count if you count spider-man remastered the fourth no wait oh yeah because spider-man remastered miles morales ratchet Clank Rift 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 now. yeah so this would be yeah. the fourth like if Wolverine god. hits mech tier they have released five ps5 games in five ps5 years. games before what like naughty dog releases one well, I Correct. guess Last of Us remake, yeah, yeah, part, but like, you know, remake. still. But yeah, like literally five uh, PS5 games. It's insane. Um, but yeah, any last thoughts on Spider-Man? But are we already to move on? I, I ain't got nothing. You guys just, something you guys, I, I was going to say like guys, some like Spider-Man catchphrase, but I don't think Spider-Man has one. <laughs> he does. It's just for a swinging quip. time. <laughs> it's it's some webbing time. I don't know. <laughs> he, he, he has. There's probably some random obscure cartoon where he says weapon time. Well, another game that came out today that I've been playing was Super Mario Brothers Wonder. I have not played as much as I wanted to. I got about like most of the way through uh, World One, um, but I can already say this is better than all the new Super Mario Brothers games <laughs> by a wide margin. This game has so much personality and charm to it that I am genuinely flabbergasted. It is kind of crazy because, like, the demo, I was a big fan of it. And the de- what the demo didn't show you, there is a second level that I was like, what happens in the second level? I had the biggest smile on my face. Like, anyone who's played the game will tell you just how fucking cool the second level is and what they do in it. I, I don't know how Nintendo is still able to make me smile and have so much fun with their games, even today. Like, they just have this charm and wonder, you know, pun intended, to their games that other developers, I don't know, like, they just can't reach for me. Like, they call it bias, but I genuinely do think, like, Mario games are a tier above most other platformers, if not all platformers. Like, I, I it is frustrating to me, like, new, like, 2D Mario was basically New Super Mario Brothers for, like, a decade. And now finally we get something different and it's like immediately outclasses it through its charm, through its visuals, through its just the the cool facial animations of all the characters, the Goombas who get terrified as you're about to stomp on them. There's things like that where it's like you don't need to do that, but they do it because they're like, yeah, we want to add personality to this game that felt so lacking in the other games. This could really be make a running for my favorite 2D Mario. And again, I'm only like an hour in. And I'm thinking this. That just goes to show just how much fun I've been having with this game. Granted, it, it came out the same day as Spider-Man, and I really just wanted to play Spider-Man. But again, that does not go to show like, oh, Mario's bad. No, I I will play either or game. I love them both. 
you really can't go wrong. Like I think all gamers are eating well today. And I'm not as high on the second of... mission as you are. I just like I thought it was really cool what they did, and I like the idea of the flowers. But I thought it was just okay. I just think that this is gonna be a Mario game that kids nowadays, when they grow up, they'd be like, "Okay, yeah, I grew up playing Mario Wonder." If that makes sense. Well, I'm not a kid, and I didn't grow up with it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I'm not talking about you. Well, I grew, I don't know. You're saying okay. Um, but I also, real quick, I also beat Paper Mario, uh, the N64 Paper Mario. Uh, and I, 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 honestly, I just reminded me, it's like, God, dude, what are modern JRPGs doing? How the fuck have not all JRPGs done what Paper Mario has done? <laughs> there is just a brand, a weird level of charm to Paper Mario that I feel like all other JRPGs are so struggling to reach for me. I don't know. I, I, I guess it's called it bias, but like, I genuinely think Paper Mario is a tier above a lot of JRPG franchises. In terms of its charm, even its combat, I love the actual like gameplay inputs of like pressing A to attack as you actually attacking an enemy, creating this active time battle system that works really well, and also just like the actual characters, the world, the story. It is a lot of Mario with the charm, the comedy, and the comedy is very strong. I don't think this game is anywhere near as good as Thousand Year Door, but that's just an unfair bar because Thousand Year Door is like one of the greatest games ever made. But I do think Paper Mario overall, like N sixty four. I'm glad to finally have beaten it, and I had the time of my life playing it. And it definitely helped me like make the wait for Spider-Man and Mario Wonder a lot better. Well, that's everything in relation to me. Uh, Moon, you've got um, one other game before Spider, uh, other than Spider-Man. Yeah, I finally finished Azure. It took a lot longer than I was hoping, as I thought I was like in the final stretch, like Monday night. I'm like, oh yeah, cool. I'm gonna have like a full week to either just watch stuff or maybe play like a small game like Cocoon before Spider-Man comes out. Nope. <laughs> it's that's probably like my biggest complaint of the game is you get to the chapter five. It's called the finale, but the finale that's goes hot. on for like another <laughs> five, six hours. <laughs> when a game gets the finale, you're supposed to be like in the last like hour or two. <laughs> so, uh, but it, and it does the typical JRPG thing of it's just gauntlet after gauntlet of enemies and bosses. I think this game has like five to six major boss battles in that quote unquote finale chapter. So besides that typical JRPG grab, I really do enjoy thoroughly enjoy this game. It's currently sitting at my number one, which is probably going to get overtaken by Spider-Man. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it. It did leave a lot of loose ends story wise and character wise, but I hear that's going to get picked up in the next quadrilogy of games. So I'm going to have to figure out a way to start the cold steel games here pretty soon maybe december because uh it's pretty dead right now and we'll see how caught i am caught caught up i am on all the october november games by then but yeah this is still good still good still great game highly recommend the series uh yeah can't really get into spoilers oh yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to wait for that one <laughs> uh trails game soon there's a lot of them juice <laughs> to a manny uh, what cold steel's next yeah cold steel one and there's four cold steel games that we found out last time it was like 80 hours each so that's awesome. yeah cold steel 5 too yeah there's also reverie which is basically cold steel 5 okay well <laughs> it's even fun. worse than you thought <laughs> uh but it's um, actually funny because i was bored that night because i finished azure like finally like wednesday night but like early wednesday night so 
I'm like, okay, let me just pop in Cold Steel 1 just to see, like, do they address anything? Do they? It's so jarring going from Azure to Cold Steel because you're so used to the Sky trilogy and the uh, Zero and Azure games being this, like, cutie, chibi, little, like, player model characters with, like, character portraits. And then suddenly the Cold Steel 1, you got actual, like, early, like, PS3 model. 3d models it's like such a weird jump in um just the presentation of the game but then when you get into the combat it's even weirder because the the camera in the older games was so much higher up off the battlefield where it actually did look more like a typical tactics game but now since everyone's like a big full 3d model and the camera is somehow for some reason lower like you made your bottles you made your models bigger but you didn't bring the camera more up so I'm constantly like adjusting the camera to be a little more more up so I can see the battlefield with all the characters. Uh, so small gripe, but it is just jarring to go f- such a big leap. I can only imagine like witnessing that firsthand when these games leap. were coming out. Oh yeah, I've I've seen some screenshots of uh, Cold Steel Three, and there's like another big leap in graphics there. But that's just a graphics upgrade. One, this is uh, like a style upgrade. You get both style and graphics too with Daybreak as well. Oh yeah, well, the daybreak. Yeah, they're changing a lot of things with that. So, when uh, Paper yeah. Mario went from the N sixty four to Thousand Year Door, you know, there was a big uh, graphics upgrade there. You know, Just they were still paper though. No, they, they was paper, but like they actually utilized the paper mechanics more. Okay, you know, that's the style of the game. I well, I'll know next year when I finally play Thousand Year Door. Yeah, I gotta play it. One of the greats. But I think that's everything that we've been playing. Uh, uh, I think you're ready to round us off, man. Does Dark want to talk about what he's been playing? Nah, that's all he good. doesn't have anything. He didn't put shit. <laughs> that's whatever. Fucking uses the dock. <laughs> Go ahead, Go ahead man. The fusion. Fusion. You've only been playing yeah. Spider-Man, right? Yep. Wait, oh no, you played uh, Artful Escape. We don't have to talk. <laughs> we don't have to talk about yo, that. Yo, fusion's base for this. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of gameplay in this uh, video game. <laughs> What do you know? <laughs> no, there's just like there's nothing I can say to like convince anyone to play the Artful Escape other than just it's too like I think it took me four and a half hours. Like if you want a platformer that's not a platformer, if you just want a kind of whimsical story like, that's like experience. You want a game yeah, that's not a game. Want, like, I will say Yeah. I will say the level design and the level like the levels I was on and the art direction was like genuinely some of the best two D art I've ever seen ever, like, it's just point blank period in a video game. But everything else around that was just kind of like, meh. Like, a very just... Like I'm It's a, a video it, game, but it's more video than game. Yes, like, it's very yeah. much, like, to the point, like, more than any, t- like, it was just... There wasn't even, like, choices. Like, not really, like, it's not like a Telltale game where you go in and do, like, choices and, like, change the story up. It was just, like, very much, like, it has a cool story that I won't spoil, but if anyone wants to play it, it's like four and a half hours long. If you're bored enough to play it one day. Then when people said it was an experience more than a game, I was angry. I was like, do not fucking say that shit to me. <laughs> basically, then it's just a movie. It's like, like, it does feel like a movie. That's so... That, I'm mad. <laughs> Tell you. Oh, Wolf's mad now. We got to end the podcast. <laughs> All right, well, thank you for tuning in on probably one of our shorter episodes of A Slice of Gaming, because it is funny just how much the industry loves to be like, okay, yeah, you know, uh, both Mario and Spider-Man are coming out this week. Let's just not put out anything, because it's going to get drowned out by talks and reviews of Spider-Man. So 
light week. Hopefully it picks up next week as we start heading into Halloween and uh, the beginning of November, the crazy fall season of games and everything that comes along with that black Friday deals and all that. So I hope you guys enjoyed and thank you for tuning in to a slice of gaming podcast. I've been your host moonlight one five zero and hope you all have a good night. Good night gang. Good night. Play Spider-Man if you own a PS5. Even if you don't buy a copy of it. True. Insomniac needs its small company. (laughs) Ha <laughs> ha